Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who's to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into, into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? And, and then did you, and what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it's written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. You experience doubt. I experience doubt. It's common to all humanity. It's what we inherited as an impulse from our first parents, Adam and Eve. The serpent in the garden caused Eve to doubt, both in her mind and her heart. Or maybe her mind doubted and her heart tried to keep it on track, but one won and the other lost. The serpent caused Eve to doubt or ask herself, did God really say, don't eat of the tree? Now, of course, he did. But not reminding herself constantly of God's word, Eve doubted. And so she fell. We ask ourselves, I know I ask myself, did I remember everything that I needed off the front table that I need for my day, my pen, my commonplace book, my keys, the keys to my office? We doubt ourselves. And when the plane hits turbulence, everyone asks his or herself, does this pilot know what she's doing? In cognitive behavioral therapy, counselors 
help their patients to overcome these doubts through what they call reality checks or looking for evidence. Did I bring everything I need for the day? I'll check my pockets. I'll then even check my checklist to make sure I've checked all my boxes. Does this pilot know what she's doing? Well, to be employed for Southwest Airlines, she would need schooling, certificates, certifications, flight time. She's qualified. She knows what she's doing. Everything's going to be fine. But what about Jesus, your Savior? Is he the one that is to come, or should we look for another? John the Baptist had his checklist on his notepad ready. Micah, the Christ is a mighty warrior, check. Or, is Jesus a mighty warrior? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. The Christ is a political leader. Oh, no. We keep trying to make him king, but he keeps disappearing into the crowds. The Christ is to bring full, fiery judgment of God against sinners. Oh, no. He's eating and drinking with sinners. And he's forgiving them of their sins. He has a winnowing fork in his hand to to separate the chaff from the wheat and to burn away the chaff. Oh no. He's asking people to simply repent of their sins, to turn away from their old ways, to turn back to the way of God that goes through the wilderness that we heard about in our Old Testament reading. The way of the Lord that goes to the city of God. All of my checkboxes are still unchecked. And don't forget, I, John the Baptist, I'm looking around in my prison cell, remembering Isaiah's prophecy that the Messiah is to, quote, proclaim liberty to the captives to open the prison doors of those who are bound. Jesus, Messiah, the person that I've been pointing to for years now, I'm still in here. He's shaking the, the bars of the prison door, the prison window. Jesus, why aren't you leading armed rebellion against Rome? Why aren't you busting me out with your cronies? Why won't the prison door miraculously bust open? Jesus, I've sacrificed so much for you in my personal life. You're not checking the boxes for my Messiah. You're not the Messiah that I want. And so, he shoots a message to Jesus. Jesus, through his disciples, are you the one to come? Are you actually the Messiah? Or should we look for another one? 
Keep in mind how hard it would be to be John the Baptist. He is simply preaching that Jesus, the Messiah, is to come. He's going to do all these things. He's the one you've been waiting for. But he's arrested and doesn't get to see the miracles, doesn't get to see the healings, doesn't get to see the casting out of demons with his own eyes. He only hears about it, just like you. In fact, we know that he is a prisoner right now, and we actually know where he was held prisoner. I've been there. It's at one of Herod's fortresses that's now in the country called Jordan. And for miles and miles all around, you look, and it's literally like Looney Tunes tumbleweed desert. Utter hopelessness. But what did Isaiah promise to do with dry land? In our Old Testament reading, it says, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon a.k.a. mighty cedar trees, will be given to it. The majesty of Carmel, meaning rain and snow actually appears on it because it's a mountain, and so people can look to this mountain, see snow in their arid wasteland, and have hope for the green that is to come. That's what God's word does. It gives hope first. It plants seeds first. It waters. It gives life. It creates faith. And from all of the above, green and growing results from the hand of the Lord. And so Isaiah continues, strengthen those weak hands. Make firm those feeble knees. Imagine bound hands, bound knees in a prison cell, remembering these words as promises from God. Isaiah continues, Say to those with anxious hearts, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come and save you. God's word made flesh is here. We don't have to wait. He's already come. And that gives us assurance that he has come. He will come again. The Messiah, the Christ. What does the Christ tell John? What is his response to, are you the one to come? He says, John, look at your checklist. Stop thinking of those political ones about a king coming to reign. Stop thinking about the fiery judgment. Stop thinking about the mighty warrior who's going to come and slay the evil ones. Those are yet to come. 
Those will be fulfilled when I return. Look now, hear now, what is happening. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. All your favorite Isaiah prophecies, John. Just how you like them. But Jesus, what about the opening of the prison of those who are bound? Right now, that one is my favorite. Well, John, here's one that you didn't expect. Remember the prophecy from the book of Daniel? I am raising the dead. And you know what, John? The poor in spirit are having good news preached to them, especially those weak, poor in spirit because of the suffering and the pains that they face on account of my name. People just like you, John. How strange. The mighty, fiery preacher, John the Baptist, that people flocked into the wilderness to see finds himself poor in spirit, sitting in a prison cell, waiting for deliverance from a Messiah that he has doubts in. Sometimes Jesus does not give you what you want. Sometimes Jesus does not give you what you prayed for the way that you would like it on the time chart that you would like it. Diagnosis of disease. Children that have wandered. Payments that keep getting missed. You're having doubts that Jesus is Lord of all, as he says he is. Though no matter if faith is strong or weak, the bruised reed he will not break, and the smoldering wick he will not extinguish. His mercy, his grace is made strong in weakness, like my weakness and like your weakness. For his mighty power is shown through the faith of the hearts of those who still believe and endure despite it all. Everyone, no matter if they think their faith is strong or weak, mighty like John the Baptist, or weak like John the Baptist, no matter what, they find reassurance in Jesus Christ. Over and over and over again. And Jesus will always point us to his promises found in his word. Yes, Jesus is enough. Yes, Jesus is your savior. But no, his work is not finished yet. Jesus took on flesh. He came into this world to live with us, to teach us. 
and no one can change or take that away. Jesus took our broken, anxious hearts and he nailed them to the cross with him. He did take that away. And so when we suffer, we join our suffering to his own and he makes it his. We give it over to him to worry about, to anxiety about, to suffer and die with. And he there fulfills John's checklist for him. He bears the full fire of God's wrath, not against you, but against himself on behalf of you. He took it all on himself because he loves you. Not to make you feel inadequate or guilty or sad, but as a gift a gift given by someone who loves another. And now he's risen, he's ascended, and Christ continues to come to us daily and weekly in his word, in preaching, in repentance and forgiveness granted by him in his very body and blood. And so we return to Jesus. We return to Jesus over and over And we constantly ask him, Jesus, I'm stuck here in this prison, in this pain. Are you the one to come? Are you the one to come? Over and over we ask him. And instead of giving into or feeding our anxiety, he just silently gives us his sure promise from his word. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are washed away. This is my body. This is my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. A reality check outside of ourselves that we can always return to and touch base with that obliterates the doubts of our hearts greater than any cognitive behavioral therapy technique. Jesus' mercy, his compassion in his word and his sacraments are outside ourselves, outside our prison cells, things we can grasp and touch that aren't desolate wastelands, but ever-flowing springs of life, always able to be touched, always able to be heard, even tasted, that the Lord is good that we have reassurance from Christ in the prison of our fears. And he will come again soon to raise us up, either from our lowliness or the lowliness of our graves. And this is what it looks like when James encourages us and says, be patient, remain steadfast like a farmer waiting for the early rains and six months later, the late rains, seeing no growth in between, endure until Jesus returns. Whether that be the next time you receive his word and his sacrament or when he returns on the last day. So is Jesus your Messiah, or should you look for another? I believe 
I preach to you his actions and his words speak for themselves. In Jesus' name, amen.